Morning, morning. Welcome to Horizon Scan. Uh, it's fucking freezing. <laughs> not for me. Not for me. Yeah, not for you. Hugh's <laughs> sat in his fucking house, chilled. I'm in my shed at the bottom of my garden, freezing my tits off. We won't get on. Um, yeah. This is Wednesday. We were meant to do this on Tuesday. We didn't do it on Tuesday because I didn't set my alarm. Um, and yeah, completely fucked it. So, uh, I'm not totally sure what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about fucking Biden and what's mm. going on there. Kind of like, okay, should we do what you wanted to talk about first? <laughs> Last night. You wanted to talk about people booing the National Anthem, didn't you? So we can talk about that and then see where we go. Yeah, it's probably going to lead on to a wider conversation or just allow me to vent on how much I hate the culture around football, really. Okay, go for it. <laughs> Fuck it, let's do that. <laughs> well, you had the, you had the England versus Scotland um, the day before yesterday, I think it was. Yeah. And the Scottish fans, when the, when the English national anthem was being sung, the Scottish fans, the entire, it was played in Scotland, I should say. And like the yeah. the entire fifty thousand strong Scottish supporters in the crowd, I think fifty thousand, basically everyone, or next enough to everyone, was booing the the God save the booing God save the Queen to the point that you couldn't hear it. Like there's 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 clips of it, and the commentators been saying like, "Can you imagine? Can you imagine what's going on?" Yeah, and I don't believe it was it had been um, it happened when. Scottish sang their anthem. The English didn't do the same. There's probably small pockets of bellends doing some booing, I yeah. imagine. Um, but it wasn't reciprocated. But it doesn't happen in rugby. <laughs> we got the rugby world cup going on at the minute. Like, it doesn't happen in rugby because I, I was thinking about this yesterday. And that okay, why, why are they? Why like why would you choose to boo the anthem? Boo someone's anthem. Never mind Scotland again. Like, why would you do it? And I, I can't think of anything. I can't think of anything that I would think intensely badly enough about an opposite, like seriously think badly enough about the opposition, an international, like an opposite country. Unless maybe, I don't know, we were, it was a football match against North Korea or something. And even then, I, I wouldn't be booing. I wouldn't be booing. Because the players on the pitch are there for a reason. They're there to represent the country. They've been allowed to play the fixture. Yeah, as in, you know, obviously there's no sanctions against their country because of whatever. Like the plane, you're booing like their proudest moment. Um, and aside from that, like, where's the, where's the respect? Like, you want to demonstrate? It's just respect for your adversary, isn't it? In this friendly, say friendly, in this sports competition, fucking crazy. Yeah. And it would, it doesn't happen. And so what I was thinking about, okay, why does that? Why would you want to do that? And then that led me on to thinking, well, it can't be a general Scottish thing to English people that they want to boo the anthem because, to my point, it doesn't happen in rugby. It doesn't happen in rugby, which means it's, like, isolated to the sport of football or the culture of football. Um, we should probably say for context that you are a rugby person. I, you are not a football person. You are I, a proper rugby I'm person. I'm a rugby person, right? I've, I've, yeah. I'm also partly Scottish. <laughs> Like the Scotland English thing has got nothing to do with, with this from my perspective. I am a I am a rugby person, but I have been involved in in like grassroots football in the past in a coaching capacity, mm-hmm. very small level, you know, no no high level of um, competition in the team I was coaching. Or the, yes. I was a fucking goalkeeper coach for a, a couple of years on a youth team because my my girls started playing. So I've seen yeah. I've seen I like I know both sides of the sport on the. So the grassroots level, and I know I know that both sides of the sport on the on a pressure level. Can you get to watch? You get to watch it and compare the two. Mm-hmm. And England is so vastly different from uh, from rugby, and it, I I struggle to work it out sometimes because it. I've got, a, I've got a got a relative who thinks that social social media, right, is a is a direct reflection of society. And I, I, I disagree a lot, but I do think mm-hmm. that things like this, like the, that, those, that Scottish behaviour, Scottish fans' behaviour, I should say, in the football, that has got to be some kind of reflection of some part of society there. Well, I, don't, I can't quite work it out. Like a, 
Or maybe not. I don't know. What, what's your thoughts on that kind of behavior? I kind of am conflicted with it, to be honest, because I get the whole... I think there certainly is a difference between like the rugby crowd and the um, football crowd. And I, I, I get the whole, yes, you should you know, be respectful of somebody else's anthem and all that stuff. But then the other part of it, it seems to me that there is like a, I feel anyway, I might be talking complete shit, but there's an element of expecting that and like an adversarial thing that if someone's booing your anthem, that would, I mean, I'm not fucking mega patriotic or anything, but if I was, I really fucking cared and someone was booing my anthem, that would fire me up more. And that sort of adversarial thing. Because, like, why do we do international sports? International sports, like, (laughs) a a downstream reason of that is that so we don't go to war anymore. It's not to stop war, but it's how we we play against another country. We do competitive stuff against another country. Uh, Like, and and you'll hear people giving speeches and stuff to try and motivate their players about going to war, like, as it's, you know, is uh, in their sport. Yeah, I think you would expect the enemy, your adversary, to be disrespectful to you. Uh, and for that reason, and there's also a tongue-in-cheek thing with Scotland and England, and yeah, fucking hate each other, but actually we don't hate each other really. You know what I mean? So it doesn't really bother me in the same way that I think it bothers you. Yeah, I don't just don't think it's a mega thing. Like I'd be, I'd be like, yeah, fine, whatever. Like if it was somebody had died and it was a funeral and something like that, that's different. Um, you know, if for some reason, the, let's say the Queen's funeral, all the Scottish people booed because they hate the English. That would be different because that's probably somebody's died. It's a bit more respectful. This is just a game, so I don't really my, mind people doing that. I think the main reason I, I I dislike it, and the same reason I I dislike the uh, just the general behaviour of football fans in general, and then the bad elements of that behaviour, like it's yeah, fucking horrendous. And I think the reason being is that they're like they're role models for people, mm-hmm. and I think that whether it's booing the national anthem or whether it's giving the referee shit on the pitch or whether it's being that like aggressive and volatile that you you have to be separated as supporters in the stands as in you're not allowed to go and stand with each other you know a a Scotland fan can't go in the same part as an England fan a Coventry fan can't go in the same part as a Leventon fan playing each other whatever not Leventon bad example but anyway and Mm. and, and, Whether it's either the anthem or that kind of stuff. I think that when you allow that behavior to get to the level it is now, when you allow that booing or, or and you allow disrespect to the ref and all that, then it's kind of showing that, hey, you can, if you're not happy with something, uh, you can be, you can ignore authority. Uh, and 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 you'll get away with it, and it's fine to go against. It's fine to give authority shit, and in some cases that's okay. In other cases, it's not. But what is <clears throat> where it's like the perfect? It's the perfect setting to be able to demonstrate. Hey, this is how we should conduct ourselves. Like be good and respectful at all times, and disrespect authority and all that stuff. And we, we and we don't do it. I think that definitely has a knock-on effect in some parts of society. I do for sure. I think that's the case. Um, do you think we could, could be doing better? Because it, 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 the thing is, guys, is that, again, like I said, I was involved in like grassroots football. You see the same behaviour trickle down into kids and parents. Mm-hmm. At, yeah. And that's a development stage of our next members of society. Yeah. You know, the way the way they behave at fucking Tommy age eight and this football match against whoever is horrific. It's like hideous. It's the worst thing I've ever been involved in. Because I went, like, I went from rugby, I grew up with rugby, with never involved in football. And then when I got to football as an adult, I think into the football culture as an adult, not supporting, coaching. And it's just, it's just shocking. It's just, and it's not just on conduct, it's the way 
that money is brought into the game at a really young age, young being six, seven years old, yeah. at whatever level you are, like whatever level of skill you are. Um, mm. That's why I think it winds me up. Okay. It's like absolute fucking respect. Yeah. I see, I agree with that more than the whole. I can see, obviously, I can see the link between it, but I agree with that. Um, Conduct-wise, with players and the whole thing around the sport, I can I can see that more than I mean, when I'm talking about booing the anthem. Like I personally don't really give a fuck about that, but I see, I see the link you make it. It's it's correct. Um, so you would you fundamentally think there's something different between the football crowd and the rugby crowd? So you would probably go along with that. What was that old thing? Rugby's a thugs game played by gentlemen yeah. and. Football's a gentleman's game played by folks. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, there is something different. It, it's not necessarily the. It's not necessarily just the. the it's the people that are supporting because you get crossover rugby and football supporters, right? Yeah. I think it's majority that this this culture and expectation exists and behavioural expectation exists in football, where supporters are concerned. Across the board, because this kind of behavior is not just isolated to the UK. Although we are the best at being balanced at football, like right? we're one of the best. There are definitely other countries. I'm thinking like Eastern Bloc countries who are also really fucking shocking at it, right? As in the hooliganism aspect. So I think it's a, a culture and expectation and and uh, around behavior at those games, and that's expected by other people. Just like you know, the generation above, how did they behave? What what standards are they setting? What examples are they setting? What are they doing when they bring their 15-year-old lad along for his first, his first fucking derby? You know, and it comes yeah. along and they're all, yeah, they're all segregated and all giving it a chance and the stands are going crazy and they're all hanging around the streets before and after. Like, yeah, give it a big posture and gob it off and all that. It's just, it's just, like, it is embarrassing. Like, if you're a grown, like, you need to think about yourself. If you're a grown man, right, and you're behaving in that way, you are, well, to use one of your phrases, you need to be fucking blended. You are a complete embarrassment. Whether you're doing that for six hours on a Saturday every month and the rest of your time, you are tie, shirt, white collar worker, you know, all the rest of it. It doesn't matter. You're a complete, complete fucking talent. You need to be asking yourself, like, why are you doing it? What are you missing in your life that you're going to need to be a prick for a bit? And what kind of standards are you set below? And how are you representing? Your country, your people, you know, your family. Like, can you you see those videos when they do the after the reviews after? And there's been and there's some you know they do something big like been Nazi chants or I, I don't know. And they, they end up like showing footage of hooligans they're looking for out of the crowd footage. And you, and you look at those images, you go, oh, man, what, what are your family thinking? You know, because they probably don't know you behave like that. They just think you're off for a jolly and a few pints with the boys. And then there's some picture of you being a complete tosser. Yeah, well, just I, I just the thing is as well why I work around up with it is because I know it's not going to improve anytime soon because so much money is made, so much money is made in that industry, and a lot of that money is made in that industry because of the animosity between clubs. So it's kind of it's not encouraged, right? But it's definitely not played down. It's not. It's not. They're not trying to reduce it. Like if they really wanted to reduce. The way they try to fix the the culture of the sport. Um, when I just before I started coaching was they they did this big drive on. They basically started at the bottom. They were like, we need to improve it. Things at the the grassroots level, behaviour at the grassroots level on the parent side as well, like on the supporter side as well. And that was things like they're still in existence now. I think so. When you go to a, when you go to a football match, youth football match. The rules are that the, the, there has to be a like a barrier, a physical barrier around the pitch, two meters away from the the touchline, two meters away from the you know, the, the, uh, the touchline, and that and that physical barrier is there, and that is that has to be to prevent supporters from getting to the side of the pitch. They have to say two meters back. That's one example, um, and it's like that's I don't know. So that's the QA. You have the prevention for the behaviour. Why, why is the supporter going to feel like they need to get the touchline to start going fucking mental? It's like literally to keep people back. Um, but they don't look at the top level. They don't look at the the, the football players on the pitch. Like the, the, the start point for me is the behaviour of a player on the pitch. That's the start point. And if you've got a player on the pitch who 
You've got the David aspect. Literally bullshit him. They're fucking laying on the pitch and mm-hmm. everyone can see it and they're laying. You've got that aspect, right? And you've got the second aspect is the referee's decision. And the, you've seen football players, they do it. They give the referee shit. That's the second one. It's like the people that everyone is watching are being allowed to be complete bellends, do what they want, to throw their tennis out of the pram, not have any respect for authority whatsoever. And you wonder why we've got a shit culture in the stands and we've got that trickling down to kids, the way kids behave and kids' parents behave. It's like, start start at the top, not the fucking bottom. You're not going to fix it at the bottom. No, I agree. I agree. I, 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 like, I don't like the football culture thing. I don't like that. It's a shame because the sport I, is great. It's a shame because the sport is great itself. I, like, I enjoy watching a football match. So why do you think that is? Is that, I don't know, is that money into the game and that's why their players, well, many of the players act in this sort of spoiled way. Like, the, the thing with the ref is the thing that really drives me nuts more than anything else. Yeah. I know diving, all that sense of gamemanship and bullshit, but the thing with the ref, that, that drives me fucking nuts. Well, it's, the, again, you could say, oh, yeah, that's, what that's just how the way it is, but it could be stopped. So it's because it's, there isn't incentive to stop it, and I don't know why. Like, in, in rugby, if you give the ref shit, right? Depends on the ref, but well, if you give the ref shit, you know, I think you can you can gob off at him, say, "Oh, what the fuck was that, ref?" Yeah, and 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 most of the time you get a warning, right? You do that again in the game, you're getting there's a penalty against your side, and you're losing ground. Yeah. There's a penalty. It's like because you are not allowed to question the ref's decision like that. You can question it in a nice way. Like, the captains are allowed to do it. The captains don't say, hey, you know that call there? Can you explain to me what the problem is? We don't know what. Can you explain to me what we're on? The ref will go, right, this is blah, 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 blah. And the captain can disagree, but if referee only has his final say, says, that's my decision. I've made it. Done. Mm-hmm. Go away now. But if they repeat it, they're going to get a penalty. It doesn't exist in football. I think there are some circumstances in football you can get a bit get a penalty like a, um, a foul against you for that but the bar is too high why should yeah. you be allowed to go pointing your finger and shouting at the referee in the well, pitch they touch him touch him they, phys- yeah. field, they? they physically touched yeah. him yeah it's shocking it's unbelievable like, so you yeah. think that why do, why do you think that is why do you think that is like an entitled thing that these are you know very rich people no because they're allowed to quite be, because, there, because the, there is no penalty for it the penalty the penalty for it is, is not low enough they're allowed to get away with too much before there's a foul against them before the ref says you're fucking off it needs to be really low it needs to be like rugby you can question it the captain can question a decision in a polite manner but anyone else you can gobbing off at me that is a foul there's going to be a free kick to the other side or something else and if you keep doing it you're going to be off 10 minutes simping or whatever or whatever but that doesn't exist so they just keep doing it and and I don't know why I don't know why you wouldn't want to bring that in that rule other than other than that whole like theatre piece playing out having a go and all of that I can't help but think it plays into the railing the crowd up creating creating uh, points of discussion online and att- bringing attention to the game and, and, and money. I can't help think it's not a, there's a, not a profit motive to not having a more disciplined game. Why else wouldn't you have it, you know? Yeah. Anyway, anyway. Yeah. I'd say, uh, yeah, I don't, you haven't got it out of your system now. So that's good. <laughs> yeah. Now, I, I, like, I'm not. I've play, played rugby in school, didn't play football. Um, I would rather watch rugby most of the time over football. I don't really watch either, though, to be honest. Um, I only got into rugby because of my dad. Um, but yeah, like, the football thing, I don't get. I, don't, I had a year when I was 12 and 13, or 13 where I really, really tried to, like, get into Liverpool. And, I, and for about six months, I was like, I was all in, and I was like, "This is fucking bullshit." What do you mean? Care. What do you mean getting to them to, to watch and support? Just, well, it was basically. I was not when I was like most of us when I was a teenager. I was nothing like me now. I was I, I was like the most like lost, and it was weird because I was very confident in myself, like arrogant, like I am now. <laughs> but I was I I was didn't have, have loads of friends. 
didn't really fit in properly, very easily led, quite sort of weak-willed in some way. So I was trying to fit in when I was like 12 or 13. And um, everybody around, you know, most people, boys, they liked football. They go into football. I was like, right, well, let's see what this football thing's about. Let's try and fit in here. And yeah, I did. I got into it like heavily for about six months, tried to really care. And when it came down to it, I just realized that I don't care. I don't care about this. Um, but I, I can see, I mean, I, and I, I don't really, un, I don't understand it in a way because obviously I don't, I couldn't do it myself. But I, so I live near, uh, outside, just outside of Manchester. The local team to me is probably Burnley. And when me and my mother go and take the dogs for walks, you can tell it's match day because cars everywhere. And you see these people who they're all in, they're fucking all in. And I, I understand it from the, the sort of tribal perspective of having something meaningful art. Let's just, I mean, I'm going to slag people off here. Maybe people might think I'm slagging people off, but if you have a very, I'm, so, I'm not really slagging it off because some people are very happy with this, but if you have a very run of the mill life, you know what I mean? Not a lot happens. You've, you've basically followed the life tech, life tech book and you've done it all and you still find it a bit fucking, uh, and you've got nothing really, you have no great connection to something. You may be a patriotic, maybe you're something like that, but you don't have any kind of tribe. You don't have something that you belong to other than your football team. So you, you get really into it. You are this. I am a fucking Burnley supporter and I really care about it. And I talk about things that happen in other people's lives as an us. Oh, yeah, we did this, we did that. Yeah, we're doing this and we won this, we did that. It's like, well, you personally didn't, but you felt part of it because that's your tribe. I get why people do that. Obviously, extend that down the line in the wrong character and that's where you get hooliganism and things like that. But I get it I because I, I think we do need to belong to something. You know, like me and, me and you, both live very different lives now, but we are both part of a fucking a, the tribe of tribes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we always will be. We have something that you you belong to that was bigger than yourself, and that means something. So, and, and it, I think that's a human need. So I do I do get why people really get into football and things like that. Um, and maybe in a different time, they'd be people who would have, you know, long time ago, maybe those sorts of people probably would have been deeply stirred patriotically and would go and join the army and yeah, do all those I mean, things. The example you gave there, that is one reason people get into football or a sport. One reason, yeah. not the reason. Yeah. 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 But I know, but I, why people really, really care and really like, you know, Proper mega fans who really care, and it's it's their fucking life. I think that's a tribal thing. I think that's a belonging thing. Yeah, probably for a lot of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of so. Yeah, but um, I do think that you are right with the standards thing, and it does need to come. Any standards need to come top down like that because yeah, the kid on the pitch and the parents on the pitch. The kid wants to be like the players they're watching. So the play it starts with the player and then yeah, goes down from there. Or from but there, yeah, down from there. But yeah. I mean even at that level, it's like I remember watching we remember being in a tournament, um, and there was boys and girls teams there. Uh and like I was coaching the girls teams, boys and girls teams there, and I remember there was a uh there was two fights broke out, but one of them I remember I remember the reason why. I think this is this is parents on the pitch watching like under 11 under 12 year olds or whatever age they were playing football and the one fight broke out between between parents because the son on the pitch fouled someone like just a you know dodgy tackle the referee sent him off i think or something like that or there was a bit of a fracker on the pitch sent him off and then the 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 the, the dad of the son who got tackled and the dad of the center did the tackle on the sidelines that are gobbling up each other and then scrapping. It's mm. like, 
and they may not have been diehard like football fans off to it and every weekend and do stuff. It's like why does that why does that happen there? It's, I think in that example, it's like the dads think there's an expectation in a certain way to behave and be all the dominant and not lose any face and not say apologize for your son being a complete bell end and making a tackle, you know, like, like Did you say there's a class issue? Uh, class is definitely part of it. Yeah, it's like it might, it might not be the same in Wales, but I would probably say, and I might be incorrect, and you can come in, come at me, everybody. But I would say in the UK, rugby is more of a middle class sport, and football is a working class sport. Now, like I say, in, in Wales, maybe not the case because rugby is like your national thing, isn't it? Pretty much. Uh, so it might be different, but I would probably, I'd probably say that. Um... Maybe to flip it round and, and focus on football and say that at the, at the younger ages, football is definitely the one that has a higher majority of, I'd say, not middle class than middle class. And the, and the only reason being there is that it's because it's more accessible. Football's more accessible mm-hmm. than rugby, and it's, which is yeah. it's always going to be, and which is why it's always lighter, which is why which is what makes it such a fucking great sport. You can literally play it anywhere, stick to... It's not a contact sport. You don't get tackled to the ground. Mm-hmm. Rugby, you need a pit. You know, rugby, at the minimum, you need a nice a nice area of grass to play. Yeah. At minimum. And, you know... Uh, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Definitely a class thing. Again, so is that what? Is there a behaviour issue there, then? Maybe this gets fucking... <laughs> Dirty, sort of sociological, doesn't it? But like, have you got an issue with just yeah, just behaviour within classes? Well, the the the, the higher up the classes you go, definitely the more obedient in inverted commas they are, r- rightly or wrongly in certain situations. But you know where you've got. I don't know, working class involved with rugby. You don't get the behaviour like that in the rugby, but then again, it's that because you're not part of that culture. You just do what everyone else is doing. If everyone else is behaving and not chanting, you're going to not be able to chant. Maybe you find yourself in a, in a, you know, a stand to watch a rugby match and you happen to be stood next to an opposition support and you know because in the jersey and you don't go kicking off because no one else is kicking off. That's a tough one, mate. It's a tough one. Uh, mm. Like, I want, you know, you want to be careful not to insinuate that anyone lower than middle class, they're all complete wankers who've got no respect for authority because it's not the case. I think we were talking about yeah. situations, specific, I was going to say specific, specific, specific to football, yeah, and for the football culture. And, you know, do you know what the shit thing is about it? It's like there's people who go along and they are, like model citizens watching football, they don't get involved in any of it, and they go because they enjoy the game. They go because they've always done it because their family did it, and they and they're in there are the same as these bell end crowds, you know, and they get tired on the same brush with this nightmare behaviour, and uh, and um, they want to fix it as much as, as anyone. But I, I don't see how you can unless you get the you start you start on the pitch and, and then trickle it down. Do you think people see it as a release? That you were talking before about. People being, you know, yeah, you white collar guy, and he's very like straight laced within the week. He works in a very rigid environment. Maybe it's all very bored, and at the weekend, he's a fucking animal, and that's his release. Yeah. He's an animal. He goes to the team and he does all that shit. You know. Yeah, some people maybe you know, and there's other people who they they're involved with it just because it's the only bit of you know social interaction they get, and they go along because it's just something social. You know, they're going to see the same guys every time, going to meet up at the coach. Yeah, one yeah. o'clock, oh, t- eleven o'clock, the coach get on all the rest of it. And there's other people that go because they enjoy the game. And there's other people that go just because they want to scrap. There's other people that go because they do love their team so much. I mean, the, the irony behind, especially at the Premier League level, the irony behind like the the level of like fanatic support people have for their hometown. No one on that pitch is from that hometown. No one. No one on that team is from yeah. that hometown. No one. I was like, oh, yeah. why are you yeah. supporting? Because I can understand if, like, I, I on the rugby side, I, I support Ospreys, right? which is Nice Swansea Ospreys. I support that because I know 
Like a lot of the players on those teams are actually from the Swansea or at least the South Wales area. So I'm literally, supporting, you know, not all far. That's a separate conversation. <laughs> separate conversation. Fucking weird. Fucking weird. We've done 30 minutes on this. You said you didn't want to talk about it. Well, you weren't well, interested. I knew, I knew this has come about because, like, when I was looking last night, I couldn't really find anything to talk about. Like, that we haven't spoken about previously, really, <coughs> or as a development of things we've spoken about previously. Um, uh, and you've mentioned this, and you seem really sad about it. So, I thought we'd uh, <laughs> let you talk about it for a bit. I mean, the thing is, though, dude, there will be some people who have just listened to our half an hour who will have enjoyed that much more than the other shit we talk about. <laughs> Yeah. Well, do, you, do you know the other thing on the Scot on the Scotland England Bruin side? Yeah, the other thing I just thought of is like, well, for you know, for, for there are people who who have like the ill-informed opinion that Scotland are a bunch of assholes and all of Scotland hates England. Yeah, and this kind of behaviour that's wrong that opinion because all most like that. It, not the fucking case that most of England, most of Scotland hate all English people. You know, it's just not the fucking, there are pockets of them and the same way vice versa. But that stuff, booing the anthem yesterday, just reinforces that stereotype in those people in England who have that opinion of the Scottish. Fucking assholes. They were, yeah, they're fucking pricks. Fucking independence and fucking all, all this. It just reinforces it and it's just incorrect. You know, you go you go north of the border, and it's absolutely well. You were there recently. Like, I fucking love yeah. Scottish people. <laughs> I love Scotland. I fucking love Scottish people. You know, um, I'm from Wales. You know, the Wales England rivalry is is uh, and that and that. Yeah, what's the word? Like, it's more from the Wales towards English, and it'll be more from the Scottish towards English. That sort of hate and it comes hate well, in English. It's like, like I was saying previously, it's like a, it's a love to hate thing. It's like we're, it's, yeah, it's like <coughs> Scotland and Wales. Because we're strange, it's Great Britain's a strange place. We are like, we're made up of different countries well, who yeah, but it's, yeah, it's, we'd it's, fight anybody else, but we'd also fight each other. Yeah, but it's but not born out here, but can, can you blame us? Like the Scottish and English hate of England and Ireland as well. To a certain extent, yeah, yeah. not as much as Scotland and Wales, and that's just down. That is just a legacy of how England came to be in Britain, how that country came to be. I agree. You know, like if you if you go back a thousand years or however many hundreds of years ago, like fucking hell, fucking right, we every right to hate England. Maybe not but this today. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, no, but this is what this is what I'm saying though. We still carry that over, and it is like a. You know, obviously, like you said, there will be pockets of people who really do hate England to their core, and yeah, they think they're still at war. But a lot of it is just—it's a—it's a semi-fun thing, like it's a rivalry. It's a fun rivalry. Fun's maybe not the right word, but it's a—it isn't quite as serious as someone would make out. No, it's not. But then there are like definite real-world. Uh, not examples like impacts of it. You know, like in Wales, there's a a lot of Welsh people there who a lot of Welsh people who are who aren't very well travelled. There is a definite, you know, discrimination um, against English people. Like in their mind, they discriminate and they make assumptions about them. And before they've even met, and that, that's it. And so when an English person is coming to visit the family for the first time, and I don't know, I don't know, clean off the daughter has got an English boyfriend who she met at university in Nottingham, and he brings her back. You know, there's assumptions being made about him before he's even walked in the fucking door. Well, maybe I'm just, maybe I'm, I, this is weird because I'm just on the other side of this and I've never seen it. Oh, no. I mean, it I'm exists, Welsh, Oh, no. It, it exists, mate. I've, or maybe you're just a weird sort of pointy head bloke. No, it yeah. exists, mate. It's maybe. like the, the actual people that actually hate England. <laughs> it exists. It exists. It's like, fucking hell, calm the fuck down. Like, I'm going to hate you when the rugby's on. That's about it. But that's only superficial. <laughs> that's kind of what I'm saying. Well, maybe you're, you're saying it's, it's deeper than I've got it. No, it's, it's, I think it's, quite, it's, uh, no, it's deeper than sport. Well, it'd be the same as Scotland, but it's not It's not huge and it gets lower every year as people die off. But, you know. <laughs> That's kind of what I mean. I think it's like a, there's a small element for it. It's like life or death for those people and it's a real thing. But majority, 
it's it's probably just them. Yeah, we we like to like make digs at each other and play up to each other's stereotypes and take the piss out of it. But yeah, I mean, it's probably exactly the same, and it exists for exactly the same reasons. It pervades for exactly the same reasons as the Protestant uh, Catholic divide, the you know Rangers Celtic uh, derby. Like that is madness. That's madness mm. on a you know like re- religious intonations in if that's the right word in, in football again but partly no but, but I'd argue that most of those people who go and watch that derby they ain't fucking religious they ain't fucking religious mm. they, they really you try to get them to explain the difference between Protestant and Catholic they probably have a fucking clue yeah, have yeah a fucking, it's tribal it's, it's, oh yeah it's tribal that's tribal yeah so yeah 35 minutes on football thank you for that rant I like it it's okay occasionally no, I usually do it in private to people <laughs> well people the thing is people will agree with you like I said I guarantee there'll be people who are like thank fuck they're not talking about politics and shit again just well what should we talk about next well, I, don't, I don't know I'm, I'm, we're back on politics <laughs> yeah yeah but maybe it's good maybe it's a good thing that nothing's happened this week that I've gone fuck's sake need to talk about this that I can think of anyway oh well it has oh god go on then what's happened um, well, you've got Biden. They're looking at they're looking at invest, investigating him. Well, they're having an impeachment inquiry to Biden. Yeah. Uh, Whilst oh, we got the Moroccan. Oh, hang on. There was something else. I mentioned it. I mentioned it on. Oh, Petter. More Petter. Yeah, was that like that's the thing about milk? Yeah, Petter's Petter, obviously the what are they? What, what's their what's the what's the point of their organisation again? Those are sad animals. <laughs> <laughs> uh, people, f- oh, okay. Petter stands for People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals. All right, okay. Sad like animals. a theory of animals. <laughs> yeah. Thing is, so the thing with these organisations like that. <laughs> Obviously, I fucking love animals. I do like animals. I also eat them. You know what I mean? So I'm all for trying to be humane. And I, I, I don't necessarily think that the way that these people talk about how what humanely treating animals is in some circumstances is actually what humane is. But yeah, in, in the concept of like being nice to animals and making sure they don't suffer or suffer uh, in the, the smallest way possible, I'm down with that, obviously. Yeah, but we should say why we're talking about them. Yes. Go so on, I'm looking for the tweet. Oh, I've, I've moved my second monitor, by the way. So when I'm looking, it doesn't look like I'm not, I'm not interested in looking away. It's actually just above the camera. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, so then I'm looking for, oh, don't tell me they've deleted it. They probably have. So was, this, was this actually a new tweet, was it? Yeah, was I, it looked, fresh tweet? I looked it up. I looked it up, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I looked it up, yeah. Is this what happens? I send stuff to Hugh. <laughs> <laughs> like look at this <laughs> <laughs> on the face of things and he actually looks into them yeah. so he's talking shit uh, right Petter I think they've deleted it mate Petter said basically Petter put out a tweet yeah they have they fucking deleted it Petter put out a tweet saying uh, uh, you're the reason not to drink your milk basically I'm paraphrasing you're the reason not to drink or you shouldn't drink milk because it's not great for animals um, and and also, uh, it's been milk has been used by white supremacists for years to to uh, to oppress non-whites. Basically, what they said. <laughs> like, what Christ. the fuck are you talking Jesus about? Right, to, so the first thing I did was go. Well, do what you did there. Like, what the fuck? Then I went and yeah. looked up the tweet. Thought, oh my god, it is actually real. And yeah. then I went and googled the origins of milk. <laughs> <laughs> Cow. Yeah. No, I mean, like milk, milk consumption. The origins in milk consumption. What's yeah, again? Um, Mesopotamia is where, basically where they first, when we first started uh, consuming milk, pasteurizing it, consuming it that way, was Mesopotamia, so the Middle East, non-white, non-white yeah. area of the world, and uh, and the biggest consumers of milk in the world right now are uh, also in Asia, Indians predominantly. No, I don't yeah. know how it, milk has been used, 
by white supremacists. What white supremacists are we talking about here? But you know what this is, don't uh, you? I, well, you can rant on this one. Go on. Well, I'm not really going to rant on it. It's just like there is a... And this, this comes from... Yeah, this might be complete shit because it's just, it's just what I see. So there seems to be... We know that the powers that be have decided that we need to, to eat less meat. Uh, and for whatever, they're linking it to the environment. Uh, but yeah, fine. They, they're basically saying we, are, we should eat less meat. And then animal products is down the line from that. And obviously milk is an animal product. Now, what you can find, if you look online, you will find that people are trying to link the eating of meat. They're, they're not even that, to be honest. The, the pushback against this, um, pushback against people being vegan, uh, and yeah, pushback against people being told they should eat less meat and things like that. Um, many of those people also have beliefs around personal responsibility and personal sovereignty. And I'll, how, how about I'll just look after my own health, actually? And I think this is better, so I'm going to do this. And those things, there there are many articles trying to link that to being right wing and then obviously we can't just go on. no go on finish what you're saying yeah and obviously we can't just be right wing now you can't just be you know basically you can't be anything but accepting of like the left and I hate the fucking left and right thing but that's how these people talk about it so I'm going to have to talk about it that way if you depart from anything on the left and the left generally now means mainstream and mainstream thought and all the articles that this stuff is coming from. If you depart from that, you are then on the right. But you can't just be right. You are an extremist. An extremist then gets linked to white supremacy. So obviously they've pushed the envelope way too far there. But basically what they mean is they're talking about people like me. People like me who don't particularly buy what the government is selling anymore. Uh, don't like to be told what to do by, you know, people who I think don't have the best interest to heart. And as a result, I am, you know, most people who follow this will know I pretty much follow a carnivore diet. I eat meat. Pretty much everything I eat comes from an animal. And you might, <laughs> people will listen to this going, yeah, and you're a fucking white supremacist cunt gas. Fuck, I'm not. Go on, what were you going to say? But that's what right, it is. So, the tw- it is. so they didn't. It isn't a new tweet. I didn't think it was. No, I had six, a feeling it was yeah, a while ago. Six years old. Um, yeah, but they didn't just stop at a tweet. They stopped. At, they did an article on it. As in, okay. and the article is still there. I don't know if the tweet still okay. exists because it was six okay. years ago. But basically, someone's basically pulled this tweet up, shared it, and it's gone fucking viral. Okay. Yeah. Um, so the article. <laughs> why cow's milk is the perfect drink for supremacists Jesus Christ it's white fucking crazy alright so I'm afraid of reading this out loud and actually it sounds convincing right. as when Christoph Waltz's character in Inglorious Bastards drinks a glass of milk and a character in a pivotal scene of Get Out sips the cow's secretion Dairy milk has long been embraced as a symbol of white supremacy. That's such a fucking bullshit. I never heard that. Like, what are you talking about? What are you fucking talking about? No one has ever said that. No one's ever said it. Right, so next paragraph. That's the opening. That's the opening paragraph. Next paragraph is, oh, shit. Uh, Geneticists are alarmed. (laughs) No, they're not. You just made that up. Geneticists are alarmed. That white nationalists definitely made up. Geneticists are alarmed that white nationalists who are now using milk emojis and sharing photos of themselves chugging milk to celebrate their whiteness are contorting science and using it as an excuse to hate. In a recent article in the New York Times, evolutionary biologists state that because of a genetic mutation among Europeans, white people are <laughs> white people are more likely to be able to digest lactose. White nationalists 
I arguing that being able to drink another another animal's breast milk somehow indicates that they're of the master race. Good, gr- good grief. That good grief is in the article. Jesus. This is utter horse shit. Yeah. This, like, I, I like that we've got organisations like Petter in terms of purpose. Like, let's not be fucking balanced, like, where we don't need to be. Let's, if we're yeah. going to eat animals, well, they don't want to eat animals, but if, like, let's not mistreat animals, right? And yeah. then they go and do this. I didn't have an opinion on Petter. Before this, I just thought, yeah, Petter exists. I've, I've never really noticed anything. Now I'm like, you fucking balance. Because why else are you twisting to try and support yeah. your aims? Like, yeah. hideous. There's probably some weird funding. If you look at where they are, they're really a charity, but they'll get weird funding from somewhere. Or maybe they didn't, and now they do get more funding from someone who... Because obviously, we know there's like narratives that are pushed out, because we see it. Yeah, the, the way information is shared now allows us to see narratives much more easily. Yeah, I mean... It's just madness, it, it is. So, like, literally, the, the tactic here is that Petter are trying to get less people to to uh, to have the, uh, animal, eat animal products by suggesting that you are racist or, or supporting racism if you do. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking... What the yeah. fuck are you talking about? Yeah. And we see that all the time, don't we? We see it all the time, but we've spoken yeah, about it many yeah. times. You are, they throw a label at you in the hope that it will, the fear of having that label applied to you will change your behavior. And the reality is, 90% of the time, the label that they throw at you is complete shite compared to what you're doing. Um, and some people will buy it, and some people don't, but it, it comes down to you having the strength of character to know, well, you might think I am a fucking white supremacist because I drink milk, but I'm not. And I don't give a fuck if you think I am because I'm drinking some milk. But it, you, that is a, that has to, that is applied to your life. That type of decision-making and responsibility for what you're doing is applied more and more and more and more in today's society, unfortunately. You just have to, that's why I speak about knowing what you believe, being happy with what you believe, assessing it all the time, and just being confident in your own kind of worldview and positions. Yeah. So that when people do try and do something like this and apply a label to you that's meant to, you know, uh, make you adapt and change your thinking, you can go, no, don't believe that. I don't think that is the case. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because this stuff's going to happen more and more. I mean, what's, what's interesting is, obviously, Petter said, I know Petter isn't just about food. It's about how you, you, know, you treat animals generally. And I know that they go deep on experimenting on animal, animals and all that stuff. And I've, I'm obviously, I, I don't like that. Um, I'd prefer that not to happen. Uh, yeah. Uh, I've got one to talk about, actually. Go on. Go on. Uh, well, we've got 12 minutes, have we? Right. You're aware of the earthquake in Morocco? Yes, only slightly. Heard about it. Don't know uh, much. Being an earthquake, dramas, lots of humanitarian aid pouring in to go and help them out. And, yep. and uh, front and centre in the news. Are you aware of the natural disaster in Libya? No. Neither was I until about 30 seconds ago. Right. Nice. Think about What's the coverage down? Morocco is getting right now. Right. Well, one second. I just want to Google something else. Morocco earthquake uh, death toll. Is it connected? No. It must be. Oh, no? no, no, no. Morocco's an earthquake. Libya was a tsunami. Okay. Okay. All right. So you got some Morocco at the minute, right? Earthquake, like up to 3,000 people dead and, mm-hmm. um, and thousands are homeless. Right. Listen to this, Libya. So for a week, they've been getting hammered by storm Daniel. Uh, huge floods, burst dams in a major city, the port city of Derna. There are at least two, uh, 2,300 are estimated to have died, right? 10,000 are missing. 10,000 are missing. Like a, a quarter of the population of the city is either dead or disappeared. Don't know where they are. 
Why? So my question is, is why is that not front and centre news alongside Morocco? And why is it not as much of a call to go and get support and help out there in Libya? This fucking madness. 10,000 missing gas. If you, I don't know. So Morocco, there's a more European vibe to Morocco, isn't there, than there is to Libya currently, if you know what I mean. So people don't go in holiday in Western people anyway. Western people don't go on holiday in Libya. They do go on holiday in Morocco. It's like <laughs> gap year place. You go, you know, you, you go and do, it's very like, there's bits of Morocco that are very, and have been for, you know, I think centuries, uh, the place to be, like place to go. Like you would go and do it um, for, yeah, for like a gap year or a holiday. You go, oh, yeah, it's been, been to Morocco and you come back and you buy your fucking tagine and you, you sit with your, your uni friends or whatever. Um, Libya is somewhere that we fucking smashed up fairly recently and also is somewhere where a hell of a lot of the migrants from Africa leave from and end up in Malta, Italy, all those places. So could it be that we don't actually want cameras on that because then we'll see how that's happening? Mm. So it's basically the, the images that the media want to show you are of migrants drowning and boats being overturned and all of that. They probably don't want to show you what the, the setup to get the migrants, because we know it's very organized. Maybe you don't want cameras on the beaches of fucking Libya mm. showing, you know, what's happening there. That's the only thing I can think. And because like, if it isn't that, then it's just, well, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. If it's not that, why wouldn't you? I, th um, I think because Morocco is a safer place to be able to make money for humanitarian organizations, organizations who fancy going and washing some cash in, the, in, in a humanitarian crisis. Because if you want to do that in Libya, there's a lot more overheads to it. There's security implications, all the rest of it. See, so profit margins are smaller. A lot of risk there, a lot of threat. I think that's, that's fucking mm -hmm. mainly why. So my, my yeah, my... my um, yeah, that side of me thinks that money and these big organisations are driving the are driving the media and where the attention needs to go, so they can so that they have an excuse and they are funded by governments to go in and support the country. Yeah, I think that's so, yeah, I think so that's that, 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 yeah, so basically, it's it's linked to what I'm saying, isn't it? Yeah. Because yeah, we know that there's tons of NGOs who basically just bob around off the coast of uh, off the coast of Libya, picking up migrants and bringing them into the UK. They don't send them back generally. Oh, do they? Yeah. No. Yeah. They. Well, well you need to go off the coast of Libya and they bring them here. No, they bring bring them into Europe. Oh, right. Not here. Right. You bring them into right. into Europe. Right. So generally to Italy. I think there was five thousand who landed on Italy yesterday. Yeah. So they basically these, these NGOs just for you know, charities, NGOs. Yeah, people, if people don't understand what NGO is a lot of the time. Like some charities, obviously NGOs, uh, charities, NGOs and charities and whatever. But lots of NGOs now are just methods of the government and have been for a long time, but. Methods of the government doing things that there is governments and you know world organisations doing things that they would like to do but can't do under um, their own steam or like a flag. So they do it. They create these organisations to be able to go and do it for them. And they're funded by all sorts of people who have their own interests. So yeah, the the sea between Libya and Italy, Malta, uh, Greece. That area there is full of NGOs floating around, picking people up and bringing people into Europe. And obviously, what they actually do indirectly is facilitate people smugglers. Yeah. By yeah, because they they enable instead of and this is going to sound really fucking harsh, but it's it's a factual statement. Instead of the it not being an accessible route because loads of people drown and people go no I'm not going to go and do that 
by having a safety net that says, well, yeah, or, so the people smugglers, all they know is you have to get people to the, to the beach and bang them out into the water, bang them out into the sea, and that's the last they have to worry about them because an NGO will pick them up and deliver them on. If those people were drowning and not making it, that wouldn't be quite such an accessible route. And obviously that sounds really harsh, but that's reality. Reality isn't nice. Mm. Um, so yeah, they facilitate people smuggling and actually there's a lot of fucking slavery in North Africa. Yeah. You know, but obviously we, have, we don't look at that stuff, do we? And yeah, no. we don't like it. Uh, percentage of illegal immigrants by country has just popped up. Okay. Now it's only showing five countries. It's not ordering it by, it's not ordering it by the percentages ordering it by the sheer numbers. So mm-hmm. the top five with the most amount of illegal immigrants, LTDs are estimations. And this website mm-hmm. is worldpopulationreview.com. You, the USA has approximately 52 million, mm-hmm. uh, making up 15% of the population. Germany has 16 million make up about 19%. Saudi Arabia has 14 million, 14, which is about 40% of the population. And talk about slavery, they got that there. They're a fucking nightmare over there. Yep. Um, yep. Russia has 11 million, which is about 8% of the population. How many, do you, how many do you think we've got? Don't know. Do you know what percentage of the UK is? No. I think, I think we're about 70 million. 70 million. So how many do you think we've got? No, we're about 80 million. Yeah, looking at this. Don't know. You tell me. 9 million, 14%. 9 million? Yeah, that's illegal. That's illegal immigrants. Yeah. Yeah. 9 million. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to say, whenever we talk about this stuff, I I, I try and caveat it with, like, if I lived in some fucking shit old country that I really hated and I really (laughs) wanted to leave and I wanted a better life and I was a good dude and I thought I could have a better life somewhere else and I was that kind of fucking adventurous go-getter that wants to take personal responsibility for my life and go and try and make the best of it, I would absolutely be on one of them fucking boats. Yeah. You know, but borders are there for a reason. I'll tell you what else. I'll tell you what else. If I was, uh, you know, if I was part of the opposition party in, in either America or you're in the UK or or any party actually, or even in power party, mm-hmm. I know uh, I know that I definitely wouldn't want voter ID, and I know I would definitely be targeting the illegal immigrant population to go and try and get votes in for whoever I want them to vote for because they ain't got a fucking clue and they're easily manipulated. Yeah, well, that's the the talk in the US, isn't it? That they they basically wanted to turn Texas and border. You know, traditionally red places on the border to want to turn them blue. Oh, I would be shocked if you're in the UK. There isn't something like that being done by by Labour. Not probably not as much a Tory, but definitely by Labour in some areas. But I'm talking. Yeah. This is obviously vote fraud. I'm talking about you. Yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah. Funny old world, isn't it? Currently, oh, I don't know about that. Don't know about that. Mate. Well, what I mean by funny is fucking upside down jesus christ what's going on but then i also i also think has it always been like this and it's just now we know you know i mean there's is the reason everything feels like it's upside down and in turmoil because obviously the cyclic things have always happened but has this kind of mad shit always happened but we literally haven't heard about it because newspapers didn't write about it quite so much it was hard to get printed like that information you know you might have had some information within a group of friends or a small cluster of a place of population that knew about things uh but actually it never went any further and you never heard about it because information wasn't passed that quick and information was always controlled by people who had the means to distribute it Mm. you know are we just actually seeing what the world is like now no i think it's i think it's always i think it's always been this Definitely not. Yeah. I mean, America hasn't always been the way America is now. I think that um, I think it, I think if the decline was going to happen, in, if the decline, the Western decline, mm-hmm. was going to happen at all, it would have it would have still happened. But it's been accelerated by the age of information and social media and the ability to the ability to manip- manipulate people. I think it's just gone faster. Yeah, that's probably true. I send America into a flat spin. Yeah, fucking hell. Next year is going to be crazy. Crazy. We, haven't we got our elections next year as well? Are we not 2025? 
No, I think it's next year, mate. Uh, Is it? UK general election. Yeah, 2024. Yeah. Fucking hell. Jesus like, Christ. If I was, if I was, if, I, if there was, if there was like a committee or a steering group, like a Western steering yeah. group above, or even like global steering group, I don't need to make decisions. I mean, like maybe advise and advise and advise and guide. Maybe they do, does exist, but I doubt it. Um, I'd be like, hey, US, UK, don't think you should have your elections at the same time. Like, USA have yours, UK go two years later, three years later. Let's not have major leadership changes from you two or any of the units. Just like stagger them all, stagger them all, <laughs> like, just change over. I'm like groups, you're not allowed to go at the same time. Like, fuck me. Fuck me. Honest to God. Uh, next, no. the, ne- the next UK general election is scheduled to be held no later than 28th of January 2025. So it's going to be next year. Yeah. 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 Fucking crackers, man. I really don't know what's going to happen. I know it's going to be, I'm fairly confident it's going to be a bit of unrest. I mean, it, it has always, I'm like, I'm not less concerned with the UK as I am with America, but I think there's more potential for, as because of the way America is, there's more potential for absolute fucking carnage in America than there is here. Yeah. Yeah, you know, um, I I I'm really upset about it in a way. I know we we kind of talk fairly lightly about it, but like, it's good. I'm worried about America next year. I don't see how it doesn't burn. Uh, I don't see that. Whoever wins is going to be fucked. Whoever wins is going to fuck it. Right. I'm just looking at just very quickly. I'm looking at the polling, yeah. the polling, uh, the voting attention polling for next year. Um, for the UK, yeah, uh, right. National Parliament voting intention. What does that mean? Yeah, that yeah, means who you're going to vote for. Yeah, national. Yeah, is yeah. All right, so na- okay. national. Okay, Labour forty-five percent, Conservatives twenty-seven. Yeah, and Lib Dems on ten. Um, that's yeah. So. Three years ago, so November twentieth, twenty twenty one, it was neck and neck at thirty seven percent, and then the and then it a huge divide came uh, October twenty twenty two. This is October last year. Was that when Rishi got in? Yeah, Rishi Sunak, new PM. So Liz, yep. okay, yeah. So Russian invasion. All right, so they they were pretty close. Um, up until yeah, Liz Trust got in, yep. and then it started going a little bit pear shaped. I say Liz Trust got in, like it's not because this because Liz Trust got in. It's also because why she got in, like what happened that the predecessor got fucking binned. So and then yeah. and then and then it rocked. while she was in it ramped up and got a massive gap. And Labour are on fifty two and Conservatives are twenty three percent. Fucking hell! Yeah, we wish she going. And now it's come back down a little bit. Oh, man. It's great. It's nuts, man. Yeah. Absolutely nuts. Like, he... Um, I just... Uh, Conservative Party needs to get fucking blended. Yeah. It needs to get scorched earth because I don't think it's fixable. And I think... I think we've got, you know, three, four years of labour. And I, I kind of think you're going to have... Six months where everyone's going to be like, yeah, it's going to be bef- different. It's going to be better. All the people who've been, you know, rightfully in many ways, slagging the Tories off. Um, it's going to be like, yes, it's going to be amazing. It'll be brilliant. And then, like, you can't look at the current Labour Party and go, let's get these people in power. You can't because they're fucking useless. They're even more useless than the Conservatives. In fact, the Conservatives, it's like there's some capable people there. They're just not being capable. With the Labour Labour Party, you look at them and go, most of you are just solid. Like, some of you, I really think you might be solid. But, yeah, um, I think it'll be happy days for six months until they realise that not, they haven't really got any policies and everyone will get real sad for the rest of the time. And then who knows what's going to happen four years after that. Yeah, yeah. I mean... Sorry to depress everybody. Yeah, I mean, like... Uh, 
right, I mean, to wrap it up, we were on about you know culture and stuff with football and and all that. I mean, the, that is a major problem with the Conservative Party. We've got this culture of dishonesty and, and and yeah, you can only fix that from within if it can be fixed at all there. Like like you say, there's capable people there, but it's definitely a, it's definitely a fucking bad fucking culture there, which is not the greatest culture to uh, align with um, uh, a party that is supposed to be leading the nation. No. Yeah, yeah, absolutely crack as well. Yeah. yeah, I think you know, and Labour don't say anything really different. We, we do have like a uni party thing. We really do. There's no effective opposition. Well, they're saying that oh, we're gonna we're gonna change the UK. No, you're not. How? You're not. Yeah. You're not. How? Exactly. Yeah. But the thing is, they won't. If you question them, if you see them being interviewed, they don't answer the how. They just, you know, it's just standard politician buzzword soup. Yeah. No one actually says how. Well, would anyway. you prefer, though, in the next election for Conservatives to stay in or Labour again? I don't know. I kind of, I am on the fence with that. Like, I, I, to be honest, I think it's, I think it's fucking dark days regardless. So it might be a better thing for the Tories just to burn to the ground. And I, I genuinely do think it should burn to the ground and be, you know, they shouldn't come back in. Anything that comes back should be different than the two things we've got now. Mm. Um, but I think you have to, in order to realise how shit they both are and how dysfunctional our current like parliament is, you have to be able to look at Tories have to fail dramatically, which they have. They fail, and then Labour need to get in, and you need to see that there's actually really fucking zero difference. And that's all Labour will do is go, well, we will be able to do our stuff, but Tories... They'll do that for four years. Go, yeah, but look, we were left. Look, we were left. Have you seen? Have you seen their their they're basically one of the lines they're taking is that they're going to um, improve the immigration situation. Have you seen this? Right. I was like, oh, right. that's an interesting stance because you would like Labour. You would you wouldn't have thought they'd be something they want to do because they wouldn't want to piss off their 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 own, um, you know, their own, like, die-hard voters. And then I looked into it, and because when you hear that, you think, oh, they're going to start the illegal immigration crisis, because that's what's been talked about for fucking how many years. And I looked I looked at what they were talking about, and it's, and it's nothing to do with illegal immigration. It was on the last podcast you mentioned it. Did we? No, I don't know. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, it wasn't the illegal thing. You did, you Googled it on the podcast. Uh, so they're not sort out of the illegal thing. They're trying to sort out legal routes and get more people they're in. They're illegal. We're going to improve uh, it. We encourage, yeah, yeah, basically yeah. encourage more highly skilled and experienced legal migration at the country and provide better benefits for, you know, like uni stuff and that. Anyway, I did I? Yeah, okay, yeah. I won't labor on that point then. We're seven minutes over. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's, it's fucking daylight now, at least. I know, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. I got real sad this morning when I looked and it was still dark and I was like what it's not nice is it I, I, I was thinking about it. I mm-hmm. thought about the last few days like, okay am I, is, how much is it going to impact me getting up in the mornings yeah well, I've enjoyed Fair the bit. weather I've enjoyed the weather while it's lasted yeah yeah while it's lasted yeah anyway uh, right been a pleasure should we get on with our day obviously well I'm, I'm interested to see with this whether people like the break from politics obviously we did a bit of politics at the end. Of course they will. It's so, all we ever fucking talk about is politics. Yeah. Let's see. Let's see, let's see if people get to the politics. They might turn off with you moaning about your fucking, <laughs> <laughs> fucking football fans. All right, catch you right. a bit. See you in a bit. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.